0: Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights Podcast Series. I'm Craig Valenzuela, Managing Director for Global Business Development, and each week we invite our listeners to take 10 and get the latest economic insights from our in-house economics team. And good morning once again to our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Welcome, Matthew. Uh, Morning, Craig. Matthew, I recently took the Sydney Morning Herald Age Times COVID calculator test which showed that I was in stage four for the vaccine rollout. Australia is lagging months behind the USA and Europe in rolling out the vaccine and is also significantly behind countries like Israel of a population percentage test. Economically, I'm intrigued, though, by the impact of a country's ability to get herd immunity going. With fourth quarter GDP results now available, can you talk us through the global GDP
1: scorecard? Oh, well, stage four, hey, Craig. Well, I think you're giving your age away there, aren't you, mate? Like, uh, must mean you're in that 19 to 49 years old group. Um, I, I've just I, stuck I it at you, but
0: maybe the back end, the front end of that, that range you gave.
1: Look, coming back to your question, while the recovery from the depths of that June quarter uh, lockdown that we saw uh, in 2020 last year has been stronger than most had anticipated. There remains uh, a large dispersion in terms of the growth outcomes for 2020 across the globe. So in terms of that ranking, that table, Craig, the best performing region turns out to be our own, that is East Asia. And in fact, China's in the lead of of the whole ranking table globally with its GDP level already 6% higher than its pre-covid level and there's other countries though in our region that've also performed well with Taiwan and Vietnam also besting their pre-COVID GDP levels. And even excluding China, our region is the best performing region in the globe, being just 1.2% lower than its pre-COVID level. Now, Australia um, is lagging that regional average a little bit. It sits uh, around 2.7% below pre-COVID level. Um, That's just behind the US, which has a deficit of about 2.5%. The laggard, of course, has been Europe, where the euro area is still down by 5% and the U.K. is down by uh, almost 8%.
0: And as we know, Matthew, Europe is, of course, in its third wave of the virus. That's not a terrible surprise to us all. But the U.S. has also had a fairly abysmal record controlling COVID, so it'd be more of a surprise there. What do you think is driving these rankings?
1: Well, Craig, you're right that the ability to handle COVID is one of the dominant factors in the rankings. That's uh, one of the reasons uh, why our region's on top. You know, if you look at what we did, we shut down the economies quickly um, and early and and we brought the virus under control. Then we kept our borders, our international borders closed, limiting the risk of second and third waves. Uh, Now, when you look at Europe and UK, they couldn't have taken... A worse approach to COVID, I don't think. They locked down late, uh, thereby increasing the length of the lockdown. Then they reopened when the virus was still in circulation, including opening international borders, leading to an enormously large second wave, if you recall. And the European Europeans in particular, their adherence to the Schengen Agreement, that is the bloc's adherence to free passage across member borders, that added to the problem. And that's led to further severe lockdowns, uh, causing that sort of yo-yo effect um, that has decimated growth towards the later half of the December quarter, for example. Now, the US has also had an abysmal record containing COVID, but unlike the Europeans, Um, they were less willing to go into lockdowns, particularly in states uh, with Republican uh, governors. Uh, And this greater willingness really to trade off positive economic outcomes for negative health outcomes is what differentiates the US uh, from Europe uh, and gives uh, the US a slightly stronger um, growth outcome for 2020. One last important factor um, determining the ranking though, was the strength of consumer spending throughout 2020. As governments, if you recall provided that massive income support to households and that caused the tilt of consumer spending which was already strong towards goods away from services which The service sector was the one which was impacted most by the lockdowns. And so that sharp increase in demand for goods uh, meant a boost for the manufacturing sectors. Now, Asia is the manufacturing hub, as we know, for the global economy. And with factories remaining open in our region and seaborne trade largely unaffected, the increase in demand for goods provided a tremendous backstop of demand for our region.
0: And Matthew, I think we should also point out that while the US had a really good GDP result compared to the US, uh, to Europe rather, of course, there was a human cost to their success as well with regards to their infection rates and also death rates. You're listening to Craig Valenzuela and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our chief economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the world's GDP outlook as the vaccine rollout starts to shape your investment outlook. Clearly, these results are yet to fully capture the vaccine's ability to improve the economic results, Matthew, given that Europe and the US is starting to roll out the vaccine through late 2020. As you look across 2021, what economic factors do you think will now drive GDP growth this year into 2022?
1: Well, three factors, Craig. Uh, Apart from the vaccine rollout, which you referred to, there'll be the extent of ongoing fiscal and monetary stimulus and also the potential to shift and also the potential shift, I should say, in expenditure back towards services away from goods, the opposite to what we saw in 2020, as economies and international travel begin to open again.
0: Yes, that's very interesting, Matthew, because before you were talking about how Asia's really benefited from that manufacturing boom that we saw in 2020. So if these factors are going to drive the outcomes of the 2021 scorecard, which prominent nations do you see being the top of the GDP lo- uh, leaderboard rather, in the end of 2021?
1: Yeah, well, you're right on the money there, Craig. You know, the, these factors will tend to favour the laggards U.S. and Europe more going forward at the expense of our region, looking at the vaccine, the developed economies, um, in particular North America and Europe, really dominate the share of available vaccines with with access to dosages covering, you know, 200% or more of their populations. In addition, they're absorbing most of the vaccines with high efficacy rates, such as Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, In terms of fiscal stimulus, North America leads the way with stimulus in excess of 10% uh, of GDP, uh, and next we have Europe um, somewhere in the range of 5 to 10%. But lastly, uh, the US and European economies are heavily weighted towards the service sectors, so as herd immunity is achieved and their economies return to normal, the boost of the service sector will amplify growth in those regions.
0: Okay, so that's the top of the leaderboard at the end of 2021. And if we have the USA climbing the ranks, uh, which countries or regions, Matthew, do you then see dropping down or remaining low on that GDP scorecard?
1: Well, I think the laggard there will be the East Asia region, our region, although I, 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 I'll condition this to say we're in a backdrop of, of growing, you know, of climbing global growth. So we're talking here about relativities as opposed to absolute um, growth rates. Yes. Um, but I think, The Asia region will drop back. Uh, Most countries in our region are developing nations and have far less access to vaccines with population coverage rates uh, of less than 100%. You know, even the uh, population coverage rate in in China, which is producing its own vaccines is less than 80% at the moment. Uh, Also, those countries, they've got access to the less potent vaccines, such as AstraZeneca and the Chinese vaccines, which are only between 70% and 50% effective. Um, The region is also behind in terms of fiscal stimulus. Uh, If you recall, you know, US doing fiscal stimulus greater than 10%, um, uh, Europe somewhere between five and seven and a half, whereas our region will be averaging somewhere between two and a half to five percent and closer to that two and a half percent rather than the five. And finally, the region is more weighted to manufacturing rather than the service sectors compared to the developed economies. And so as the consumer tilts back to services, this may prove uh, a further relative headwind to the region.
0: You're listening to Craig. Big Balance Whaler and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our chief economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the global economic outlook as the vaccine rollout, combined with a variety of approaches to manage COVID-19, starts to play out. As we start to assess the outlook for institutional investors, Matthew, we've seen the 10-year bond yields have started to really rise in recent months. So with this GDP outlook in mind, Should the reflation theme be a focus now for our institutional investors?
1: Well, the increase in bond yields since the announcement of the vaccine rollouts back in October last year, it's been sharp. But we think most of the good news in terms of the outlook is now priced into fixed income markets uh, through the higher yields. Inflation. Uh, still faces headwinds with unemployment rates remaining high and wage growth stubbornly low. And we think the outlook for risk assets has moderated somewhat from those really bullish settings of the second half of 2020, where enormous liquidity injections inflated asset prices. But at the same time, we don't think central banks are close to taking away the punch bowl yet. So Whilst we're not as bullish about risk assets as we were, say, um, four months ago, we don't think um, the time is... Yet upon us where we um, see rising interest rates or inflation really posing a threat to to risk assets.
0: There you have it. Thanks, Matthew. And In summary, as evidenced by those 2020 GDP scorecard results, Asia has been an excellent manager of the economic impacts of COVID-19 through consistent and sustained lockdown measures. This has helped its aggregate GDP outperform regions such as Europe and the US who either applied lockdowns inconsistently or not at all. However, with financial markets being forward-looking as we enter the vaccine rollout stage and confidence levels also increase, 2021 is shaping up to be a recovery and growth year with the economic powerhouses in Europe and the USA likely to become global growth engines. And in light of this, the possibility for inflation does return, which brings it to the potential to influence risk-asset valuations after many years of very limited impact. I'm Craig Valenzuela for QIC's QPod. Please email Matthew or I at qpod.qic.com with any feedback or comments you'd like to provide. Thank you for listening and have a super weekend.